This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, guys. Welcome back into the Go 247 podcast. I'm Glenn West, the senior writer here at the site, uh, joined by Dylan Sanders, who is coming at us live from a Undisclosed location in New Orleans. Uh, I am coming from you guys at the uh, Atlanta Marriott Hotel, the, Air, the Atlanta Airport Marriott Hotel, I should say. Uh, pretty good accommodations, I would say. But um, LSU is coming off of uh, a pretty, uh, you know, disappointing loss, I would say. I mean, there were some really good positives, I think, that you can take away from this performance, um, particularly in the second yeah. half, which we'll get into. Um, but you know, just, you know, look, 50 to 30 is the final from the SEC championship. Um, just, uh, you know, Dylan, how, how did you take in this game? What were your, I guess, overall thoughts kind of coming out of this one? Well, you know, in the first quarter, I feel like you kind of just had to laugh, like to get through, to get through what was going on, the insane interception off of Jack Besh's helmet. And then, the uh, the blocked kick, bookending the season with uh, with blocked blocked kicks. That's not not ideal, but uh, you know, it was the it was the first game in a while where we were really like, oh wow, special teams was pretty bad. So I guess I mean maybe maybe that could be a positive, and that you know they win a stretch being okay. Uh, yeah. But over, overall, it was it was more of like a oh well yeah I saw that coming. <laughs> and then yep. and then trying to figure out what it means for next year because I pre- pretty much everybody saw this coming. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think LSU – I mean, look, the, the spread was 17 coming into this one. Uh, LSU loses by 20. Um, we'll get into the offensive uh, kind of performance in the second half, but um, LSU, I thought, overall offensively played a lot better than I thought they would coming into this game. Um, you look at the stats and – uh, LSU threw for 502 yards between uh, Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer. That's actually an SEC championship record uh, by like 80 is, yards. Yeah, man, and, and yeah, so it was a uh, really impressive performance uh, by both quarterbacks, especially considering uh, you know Jaden was playing on a hobbled leg for most of the second quarter, and uh, mm-hmm. just just um, you know I, I think it's just something you can grow on as an offense i think we could probably start with the offense we could start with the positives look the interception there in the first first quarter off of besh's helmet uh really just a fluke play uh, i mean you, you coming into this game i think uh at least i kind of had the theory that you know look LSU's going to need to make those kinds of plays in order to stay in this game. They're going to be need to be the team that creates those, uh, you know, offensive uh, or, or or defensive mistakes on Georgia. Um, so uh, it, it it was just extremely important for LSU to kind of come away with those plays. And unfortunately, it was Georgia. You know, they kind of came away with the big special teams play, uh, the big the big interception, which turned into a touchdown one play later. Um, and, and when, look, when Georgia goes up 21, seven in the first quarter, uh, at that point, you're just playing catch up the rest of the night. And it's, 
it's you know it, it became really hard to expect LSU to come back in that game. But uh, I think what you saw in that second half was a team that went back to what Coach Kelly has said all year long uh, that showed some fight. You know, at least on the offensive side of the ball. LSU showed a lot of fight there with Nussmeyer at quarterback and kind of overcoming that adversity of losing your starter uh, in, in the first half. And I thought it was just a, a really positive way for those guys to end this season. Um, you know, Kayshawn Booty had a really nice game. We were waiting on the breakout Kayshawn game, uh, had the big 53-yard touchdown. Um, you know, you kind of wish – I mean, it, it kind of sparked LSU's second-half run there, um, but – you kind of wish it had helped lead to something more, right? And I think that's where we'll get into it with the defensive side of things in a few minutes. But just um, offensively, what were, what were some of your big takeaways from this game? Um, I mean, you know, I preached it all, all week long. Like, we know what's going to get this Georgia defense, and it is big plays. And that's what happened. All week, all night long. That's why they set a record. Like this defense, this Georgia defense is good, but it's not as elite as it used to be. And it is, it is definitely gettable with the big plays. You got, you can get over top guys, and that's exactly what they did. Um, even when they, you know, the running game didn't really get going. But again, it's it's more of like, a, what can what can we look forward to next year? Because I think we can't escape this without talking about how good of a case Garrett Nussmeyer made himself. It, I feel like it was a preconceived notion between uh, from a lot of people that it was like, okay, well, Walker and maybe Jaden will come back next year, but Nuss is gone. Nuss is going to transfer. I mean, he came in today, injected a lot of energy, looked really good. Uh, and then, you know, the, the full Nuss cycle, he did have a strip sack and, and, and an interception, almost a couple interceptions. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you know, he looked – he, he made some really impressive throws. Uh, so maybe, you know, there's a little bit of a question uh, going into maybe the bowl game of who, who, who plays if Jaden's healthy or not, or what happens next year. But, uh, you know, I think Garrett Nussmeyer came in and performed and gave himself a little bit of a last, last, last grasp to stick around in this quarterback room. Yeah. So, you know, I, I a couple things with that, you know, I think, Nussmeyer's performance. Oh, wait. Also, also Malik Neighbors. Malik Neighbors. Yeah. Shout out. He's yeah. the, he's so good. He's he is so, what so we good. thought he was. He is what we thought. Exactly. He was. Yes. Yeah. He, but yeah, uh, sorry, go on. That was that was the neighbors that we saw all off season and, and dominated really throughout the spring and the fall camp. So nice to see him have a game like that where he got in the end zone too. That was one of the things that I wrote about in our three players piece that leading up to this game was that Neighbors was due for a touchdown, and so it was good to see him get in the end zone. Kind um, of, a, kind of everything we talked about kind of came true. <laughs> yeah, uh, in terms of the offense, of you know, yeah. I was talking about Keisha, the Keishon game. You're talking about the Malik game. Yeah. Talking about big plays like LSU on offense, and we can talk about the defense in a little yeah, bit. Well, but on offense, kind of executed what what could have happened. But it was really special teams and defense that really let them down because they could have been in this game. Imagine three to LSU going up three, nothing between, uh, you know, seven, I think that's a 10 point swing. If you think about it, there were a couple uh, of four, four point swing, but like it was just even at the beginning, it's like, wow. If you could have taken a lead with your offense working, like it was working and it worked after that, who knows what could have happened. But again, yeah. all there three phases matter. There, there were a couple of those big swings. Um, you know, the fourth quarter stop, or I mean, uh, the fourth down stop in the third quarter there. 
where LSU really had a chance to cut it to 10 or 11 points. Um, they get stuffed on fourth and one again, you know, everyone's going to be screaming for a, a quarterback sneak in that situation. You know, you don't go shotgun and on fourth and one, but um, you know, look that, that was a big swing as well because LSU would grab m- the momentum in that game. Uh, and, and if you, they convert a touchdown there, it, we could be talking about a very different game and how it played out, but they don't. And Georgia goes down and scores a touchdown and really kind of keeps that uh, momentum down for LSU. So, uh, but I do want to get back to the Nussmeyer thing here for a minute. I do. Um, I talked with a couple of people at the game and just, these were just like reporters and a couple of people that were in the kind of the LSU communications department, but you know, look, I think there probably is an understanding that there's going to be, you know, uh, if Jaden decides to come back, there's going to be some attrition with this quarterback room. Um, you know, Jaden's back, you know, you're, you, you, then you play the numbers game, you got Nussmeyer, you got Howard, you got Ricky Collins coming in as well, um, along with Jaden. And that's kind of a crowded room, right? And so um, I think the, the biggest thing here with Nussmeyer is to really look at if he enters the transfer portal here in the next couple of weeks. Um, I think if he decides to hold his name out of the portal um, and play – in this bowl game, whether that means Jaden is healthy or not. Um, I think there's a pretty good understanding there that he's had uh, some good conversations with coach Kelly, um, you know, with the, with the offensive staff about what his role could look like um, if he came back another year. Um, Just, that's just kind of me reading between the tea leaves there. Um, I, I honestly don't know what to expect. I wouldn't be surprised if he puts his name in the portal right away. Like I would imagine a number of players do, um, I mean, it could it could it could start by the time you're hearing this. Like it literally yeah. from now, it could happen literally whenever. I'm sure there will be players. Brian Kelly openly admitted to like being like, "Yeah, we're going to talk to players who might want to transfer out of here." Last yeah. week, like it's a thing that's going to happen. It's a thing that we, you know, uh, have to get used to with the new era. It'll happen. It'll happen quick. It'll happen a lot. The transfer portal opens in a couple of days. Uh, and, you know, they really could have had people already do it and yeah. it wouldn't have surprised me. So they've stuck together to this point, but it won't be like, don't expect to not hear anything until after the bowl game. It'll start happening. If not now within the next couple of days. Yeah. And, and look, I, I think Garrett made a great case. You know, the two turnovers there in the fourth quarter were just, uh, in my opinion, those were kind of throwaway turnovers. I mean, that was just a guy yeah. trying to do a little bit too much. I mean, I know that's been a common that thing is, that's, 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 that's 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 um, the way that you know you're not doing him much help. Yeah, but the way he was playing in that third quarter, he was taking risks, but he was taking good risks. And I think in that fourth quarter, when you're down 20 plus points, you're really just trying to do anything you can to get the ball downfield and into the end zone. Um, so you know he held it on. He held on to the ball a bit too long on that strip sack fumble. That's nothing for me i mean i think yeah you know, you're just trying to wait to see if a guy gets open and if he doesn't then whatever you're down 20 points at that point so it really doesn't matter so um, it was I by think- far his best performance as an lsu tiger by and far. i think with, without a doubt because if you look up to that point i mean i mean really he kind of made it an interesting game before yeah. that you know maybe if they again that that fourth down call um Maybe if they if they get that, 
we're having a completely different conversation right now because up until that point, like he was, he was the, and again, I don't want anybody to like take this as, or even start the conversation of, Oh, wow. Look how good they were. With, they look how good they were with Nussmeyer. He should have been the quarterback the whole time. It's a completely different situation. He was the energy that they needed at that point. Um, and he came in and served his purpose and made some really, really nice throws by far looked his best. And then, you know, at the end he made some mistakes, but again, like you said, I think it was exactly what you said. It was just a guy trying to get something done, but he, again, by far his best game as a tiger. Yeah. And, and Kelly wanted him to be aggressive. And one of the big things that I took out of, you know, the post game interviews with, uh, with, with Kelly, with neighbors, uh, who was there after the game as well. Um, we asked neighbors a couple of different times about the second half offense there, and he was just glowing about Nussmeyer. I mean, I think you can really tell that these receivers, um, even going back into the you know the summer, that you know Kayshawn talked up Garrett a lot in the in the summer. A lot. So, you know, these receivers they understand what Nussmeyer brings to the table. They understand that he's a guy that can fling the ball and, and get them get them the ball and, and have them go up there and make plays, trust him to make the plays. Um, and that's not that's not something you can sneeze at as a coach. You know, I think if you wanna you know try to keep this thing together as tight as possible, um, you 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 try you talk with Garrett. You say, hey, look, I think there's um, you know possibilities here for you if you stick around. Um, now will that happen? We don't know. I mean I <laughs> I mean, literally, like as we're recording this, this could be a moot conversation in literally 12 hours from now. So, um, and we're recording this Tuesday or no, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday after the game, like two hours after this game. So, um, you know, with that, I, I think maybe we could touch on maybe a little bit of the defense. Um, you know, I don't want to touch on special teams. Just uh, <laughs> it's we've had the conversation before. Just go back and listen atrocious. to it. Yeah, it's bad again. I just, you, you, I mean, at this point, special teams like it, Coach Kelly said it again tonight. It's coaching. He put it on himself, but uh, you, you've no. got to do something with special teams. I I, I don't and, know that you all, go all out and get rid of Polian because I think there are some things that Coach Kelly uh, really trusts him with um, in terms what, of what else. Go ahead. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at New Balance. Balance.com. Okay, I was gonna say what I what I will say about Polian, um, just so it's not like you know the the crap on Polian segment. From talking to players, he's a good recruiter. Players like him, oh, yeah. and I mean, I think that we I think we know that, but I feel like at this point we're in the SEC championship game. Man, it has to be a role adjustment at, at next year. I, I don't see how LSU in good conscience goes at next season with him as the special teams coordinator. That's my feel on the situation. Um, I, I just don't see how you justify it. But uh, again, I know he's friends with Kelly. Players like him. Fine. Keep him on in, the, in a recruiting role. But yeah. at this point, man, it's just 
again, we're, we don't even want to talk about it. We're tired of having the conversation about special teams. Yeah. They, they, they got it around for a little bit, but man, it's just the same mistakes and yeah. just bad. Got, yeah, I got nothing really to add to that. I mean, I, I'm kind of in that same boat. You know, I think you try to keep him on as, as a recruiting guy, but I, I think you just need a new voice in that department. You know, I think there's obviously some disconnect there between what he's trying to coach and what the players are picking up, and you've got to, to find a way to fix that heading into next season. So uh, that'll be enough for the special teams. Let's talk <laughs> about this defense that um, – I mean, you know, not look, much better. Not much better. Yeah, I mean – you give up 529 yards. LSU actually outgained Georgia in this game with only 47 <laughs> yards rushing, which is incredible how efficient of a night they had passing the ball um, with those big chunk plays. But, you know, look, Georgia, pretty balanced for LSU. They dominated in both areas, 255 yards on the ground, 274 through the air. You know, look, the first half was the Stetson Bennett show. He was absolutely carving up LSU's secondary. Um, really not much they could do to stop Brock Bowers. Um, you know, M- M- McConkie had a, a couple nice big catches. Um, you know, Darnell uh, uh, Washington had a nice catch for a touchdown. Um, you know, just complete dominance, honestly, on the offensive side of the ball uh, throughout this game. And, you know, the second half was was the running game. Um and and really the guy that didn't the guy that I thought would kill them was McIntosh, but you know, he had a nice game, fifty-five yards and two touchdowns. But the big one was Milton. Uh, Kendall Milton just ran all over them. Eight carries for 113 yards in this game. Um they consistently got to the outside uh on LSU. They got the you know there I, I can't really recall if there were a lot of inside runs that had huge gains. I think they did a lot of counters. They did a lot of outside zone runs um, and and really had their way uh, on attacking the edge and getting to the edge uh, and having success against LSU in that department. But, um, you know, we talked about it kind of coming in. You know, the run game had picked up for Georgia in the previous couple of games. Um, they were pretty more ba- – they were a lot more balanced of a team. Uh, and I think you saw that tonight in spades. LSU just didn't have – uh, you know, the answers uh, down the stretch and, you know, Georgia really was able to pound them on the ground in that second half as LSU's offense tried to get them back into the game. Uh, Georgia just wouldn't allow it. But uh, just what were your big, I guess, takeaways um, defensively? Yeah, I mean, not much else to add. Um, yeah. It's it's just, you know, disappointing. Disappointing performance given how, you know, it was, if anything, it was going to be the roles reversed, the defense showing up against a, 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 shut, a, a, a Georgia offense that people have shut down and maybe an LSU offense not being able to. This is Georgia's first time allowing 30 points in like two years almost, I think, or something yeah. like that. If not, the, it's definitely the first time this year, but like to have that kind of performance from your offense and then give up 50. I didn't expect this game to get get to 80 points at all. No. Um although I did per, I did predict like 42 30 on the on the at Georgia podcast. I mean, hey, uh, pat on my back. <laughs> I guess. But you, uh, you up, know, you, you switched it up by the time I, I switched it up. Week. I did well, you know, Big I did time. more research and then Big I time. you know, then I took the under and then, you know, yeah, that happened. But you know, again, like <sighs> Harold Perkins, he got a lot of tackles. <laughs> but like you know, he's he. It's more again. It's kind of like just 
what what's going to be the future? I mean, it's the LSU defense is going to look a lot different next year. Yeah. Um, Matt House probably staying. I don't think he'll get a new job this year. But I mean, he, uh, with how the coaching search has uh, moved on, some people were afraid of him getting poached already. It doesn't look like that'll happen. But um, you know, he'll be here. He'll be around. But <laughs> this was a, a veteran defense with in the secondary in the front seven. It'll look a lot different. But, you know, the young guy, Harold Perkins, looks good. Um, Sage Ryan really needs to, to work on He got – he needs work. He, he was a very exciting – to me, he was like a Sage – he was a Harold Perkins-level excitement coming out of high school. I was really excited about him. And he has flashed and has shown – yeah, flashes, but he, he needs some work for next year for sure. But I would imagine he – He's up there in terms of he'll, he might, he'll probably be the nickel corner next year. So some work over the offseason unless they get somebody. But, again, it'll be a, a lot different uh, of a defense next year. But, yeah, yeah just not, I mean, not, not what you wanted. Not what you wanted. Yeah, I mean, kind of bouncing off that idea a little bit. I mean, just scrolling through here, looking at some of the names, uh, Micah Baskerville, uh, Greg Brooks, Jay Ward, Derek Bernard Converse, Makai Garner, BJ Ojolari, Ali Gay, um, Joe, uh, you know, maybe Joe Fusha comes back. Jaqueline Roy uh, is another guy. I mean, like that's eight or nine guys who were like a huge part of your team this year that um, very well could all be gone. I mean, LSU could lose. You have Makai. You'll have Makai Wingo, Harold Perkins, and I Sage Ryan had to fill in a bunch, but Harold yeah. Perkins and Makai Wingo are really the only Greg locks Penn. to come back. Greg Penn, uh, yeah, those are really the only locks to come back that are like regular contributors from this year. Yeah. So, uh, just as we mentioned earlier about keeping an eye, uh, keeping an eye on how the transfer portal works out on offense in terms of people leaving. I mean, defense. Look at names who are going to be coming in, like look around the country, see there, there are some big names that could be popping up and taking a look at who could come in, but also recruiting really is going to be big. Desmond Ricks, JV and uh, Toviano, we could be looking at two huge names that LSU has yet to lock in, but are, you know, favored right now. Those would be huge contributors next year and they would absolutely play. I think in year one. Yeah, I think so too. And, um, yeah, I mean, like we talked about the guys who could potentially leave um, a little bit on on offense. You know, I think Nuss Meyer is a candidate, and you know, we'll see what happens with Jack Besh, but he could be a candidate. A couple of the O linemen could be candidates, but you know, on the defensive side of the ball, you're not losing many guys to the portal. You're just losing them to either eligibility yeah. or to the draft, and so um, you've got to hit the portal hard. I think it, in the secondary again. Uh, which is not the ideal scenario. Um, oh, Major get, Burns might come back. Major Burns is a good one to potentially come back. Yeah, I would imagine he's back. Um, staff really likes him. They love his communication skills. Um, but there's work to be done there too. I mean, he didn't have a great game tonight. Um, you know, I, I can't. I mean, say you give up 50 points, pretty much nobody had a good game. Nobody had a good game Ollie tonight. Gay had a couple of nice little tackles for loss. Um, I thought he was all right, uh, but you know, again. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's more about who, who, are, who are the vocal guys that are going to step up next year yeah. um, that, you know, maybe we saw like – because, I mean, Harold Perkins is only going to be a sophomore next year, which is crazy to think. Yeah, you're still going to ask him to be a big vocal leader. I think you're going to ask Greg Penn to be a, lo- yep. a leader. Um, you're going to ask a couple – Major Burns for sure. 
Major Burns, yeah, you're going to ask a couple of these transfers that are coming in. Makai Wingo is another name that comes to mind as a huge leader. Um, oh, I mean, yeah, yes. I mean, they yeah. asked him to talk after the game, so like you can already tell that means that they like him a lot. Yeah, yeah, he's very, very well respected. And oh, yeah, you got that Mason Smith guy coming back next year. Too, oh, so, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that we, that name. I haven't even so, thought about that name in, in forever. And, and so, look, I mean, the, staff, the staff has been very complimentary of a guy like Quincy Wiggins and his development throughout this uh, this year. He hadn't had a ton of playing time, but um, there's a number of freshmen that were in this last class. That I think Savian LSU, Jones, Demario Savian Tolan, Jones, Demario Tolan. Yep. So there's there are some names here that LSU is excited about. Those guys don't have a lot of the on field playing experience yet, but you're going to be asking all those guys to be taking on huge roles next year. Well, um, Terrence Welch is going to be probably the loudest player on the team. If I had to guess, just from our experiences of him in the fall, yeah. um, and that's going to be fun. And you know, he he made some plays in the fall, so he'll definitely, I think, ma- play a major role. It's going to be a young defense. Is all you really need to take away from this. You know, we can yeah. talk. You know, it didn't really make sense to focus on on the performances of a lot of people because a lot of this defense is not going to be here. So, trying to take a look at, at the future and what what could happen. If you while we're on here, if you had to pick one major focus of the portal on defense, where do you think LSU needs to focus? Um, for me personally, I think you got to you got to hit the secondary again. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I know pe- a lot of people have talked about the depth in the defensive line, and that's very important. I, I'm not disagreeing there, um, but you're literally losing. I, I would say probably four if not five of your starters from the secondary this year like yeah. I mean there's that's that's a huge issue that you've got to be able to to hit the portal with hope that these uh incoming trans or incoming freshmen can be able to play you know if you're going to be able to, to to get a couple of these incoming freshmen that you're uh, projected at right now um that's going to be huge um, so this, these next couple of weeks are going to be big for LSU. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. You've got to be able to restock. You've got to be able to retool. Um, and, yeah, I would say secondary uh, for me. Or is that which kind of your, your line of thinking too? Yeah, I, w- I would say probably secondary. Um, maybe a, second, uh, a, a secondary to that would be uh, getting another edge rusher in there or two. Um, because Savion Jones looks really good. Harold Perkins looks really good, but I think ideally next year, Harold Perkins becomes Micah Baskerville. Um, and he moves back to more of the off ball and you don't really put him on the edge as much. Obviously you don't want to never put him on the edge because you know, he's dynamic. I mean, I, I have not stopped talking about, I've mentioned it multiple times in articles, but I'm still just obsessed with the fact that he put off, the Fawn Miller ghost move against Arkansas. One of the most impressive things I've seen a freshman do in any sport ever, um, pulling off that level of elite pass rush move. So you can't keep him off of that. But again, he is a liability in run defense, um, all coming off the edge. So that is something that you have to worry about. You're losing Ali Gay, who is the run defense. Like he is like the guy and really, really good at that. So I think you need another big, imposing guy like Savion Jones can fill in for BJ Oshilari, similar play styles, similar body types, but Quincy Wiggins be that guy for you next year. Um, Yeah. But, but yeah, but also you'd still need another guy. So that's why I'm saying like Quincy Wiggins, I do think will be good. You have, I I feel like they need another big run defender in the portal on the edge. I think that would be my next thing after secondary. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about it, but uh, just what these next couple weeks look like for LSU going to be very, very important. Um, you know, by the time I would assume most of you are listening to this or some of you are listening to this, LSU will know what their bowl game is. Um, another important, you know, game for LSU this year in terms of getting the young guys involved. You know, I would imagine that a lot of the guys who are thinking of going pro, who are thinking of, um, you know, entering the draft or entering the portal, a lot of those decisions will be made over the next couple of weeks and uh, wouldn't expect those guys to play in that game. So it's going to be a really good opportunity for a lot of youngsters. It might look kind of like the Kansas State game last year, honestly. It could. It could. You know, I think – I mean, with a real quarterback maybe. Yeah, with a real quarterback, of course. Um, you know, what happens – I mean, do they sit a couple of the veterans like Josh Williams, guys who might be a little banged up, you know, uh, guys that you think are going to be huge parts of your team next year. Um, who knows? I mean, I, 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 that's, we're getting a little bit too far ahead there, but um, I, I would say probably like the, the biggest thing that I'm looking at here um, is, is, is which guys are entering the portal. So, you know, LSU obviously has a lot of gaps that they're going to need to fill here with all these players leaving. Um but the biggest takeaway I've had from Coach Kelly over the last week or two uh, has been his diversion to this to the questions about the portal and not who LSU is targeting in the portal, but who LSU doesn't want to let go. You know, they 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 want to keep his roster as intact as possible. He's talked about it a number of times. Um, and look, there are going to be positions here where LSU is going to need to go out and get a player. Um, yeah, I could say probably. Uh, running back is going to be an area where LSU might go target a player. Um, I would say um, receiver could be an area, um, especially if LSU loses a couple in the portal. We still don't know what's going to happen there. Um, I, 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 on the receiver thing, I kind of tend to think LSU will keep most of those guys. I mean, they might lose one, maybe two. Um, but if you look at it, I mean, look, Kayshawn's going to be gone next year. Um, you know, that's an open hole there for one of those guys who maybe didn't have uh, as big an impactful season as maybe he would have liked, like a guy like Jack Besh. Um, you know, you could slide him into that slot role where he's really, really good uh, and, and kind of take take over for Kayshawn. Um, you know, uh, the Brian Thomas, I think, is a guy who could be a starter next year as well. He's started this year. I mean, he and Neighbors and Besh, I think, makes a nice trio there for you. But, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, Jake, Dre Jenkins is another guy who's leaving. Um, so there's opportunity there, I think, for some of those young guys to really take on big roles next year uh, in, in a room that shouldn't be as crowded. Uh, oh, and a tight end. <laughs> we, we didn't mention that tight end. They're going to they're gonna need to grab someone from the portal. Could, yeah, they could probably use a tight end. Um, you know, Mason Taylor – uh, you have Mason Taylor and Mac Mark away set for next year, but other than that, Cole, Jack, and I mean, I guess Cole probably come back, but Jack Bash, Nick Stores leave in that room, so you need an, another name. O line, you know, you're gonna need O line depth. Um, you know, there's a number of guys that might just. I mean, the the good the thing world. is you're returning your entire offensive line, ideally, the entire starting offensive line. Yeah. Yeah, Ideally. we'll see what happens with Bradford. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. On oh, Bradford, okay, okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, your bookend tackles next year. You got Zalance Hurd coming in. You got Tyree Adams, 
DJ Tyree Adams is a is a is a dog. So I, he I is one of the most physically imposing high schoolers I watched this year. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be some attrition on the O line. Yeah, we could see a number of different guys go in there. Yeah, you know the names, the depth guys, the you know the Macanules, the Cardell Thomases, the Xavier Hills, uh, Marlon Martinez. We'll see what happens with him. I mean, like there's a number of guys there that have been in this system now for a couple of years and haven't had the playing time that I'm sure they would like. Uh, Marcus Doomerville is another game, another guy that comes to mind. Um, you know, there could be a lot of attrition there on that O-line. And so you're going to need to bring in some guys um, from the portal. So um, we'll see what happens with all that. Um, are there any final thoughts that maybe you have on just what you're looking for over the next couple of weeks with this, uh, with this program? I mean, uh, I feel like, Outside of the portal, it's going to be a pretty quiet couple of weeks. You know, uh, Coach Kelly mentioned it'll be uh, just a lot of, you know, exams are next week. Um, and the uh, – which, you know, I have to – I already knew. I already knew he didn't have to tell me. Uh, exams are next week. And then it's a lot of, like, training and, and weight room stuff. So, I think outside of the portal, it'll be a pretty – quiet couple of weeks from the program as they kind of figure out they do they're doing player interviews figure out he mentioned wanting to figure out what they did right what they did wrong how to improve for next year and you know it, you know it, it's just it was a good year a good a good first year and we still have one more game left um that we'll be able to talk about soon uh overall i give this season a thumbs up that's yeah. my that's my final take on this season. Thumbs up. Good job, Brian Kelly and the coaching staff. You won the SEC West in year one and then ran into a buzzsaw. Yeah. So, and look, by that, I mean Texas A&M. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, giving up uh, 88 points over the last couple of games is, uh, was not exactly, I think, tailor-made for success. But, look, you – yeah, I, I tend to agree there. You know, I, I think this was a, a largely very successful first year. I think you learned a lot about the young talent you have on this team, which I think is probably more important than anything. Um, you, know, you look at the foundation that's being set. Um, that was one big quote that I took from Kelly today was he's talked about it a lot. But, I mean, LSU is pretty set, you know, in terms of some of their young stars and who they think are going to be huge pieces uh, for their for their big runs here over the next couple of years um, with, with the book in offensive tackles. You've got the tight end. You've got a number of uh, receivers. You've got some young quarterbacks that are really intriguing. Um, I mean, I mean, they're not going to have the benefit next year of being fit, uh, predicted to finish dead last in the SEC. I'll, 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 give, I'll tell you that. So it's going to be it'll be interesting to see how they respond to an offseason of high expectation. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, this is not like a oh guys, give them time. It's the first year. It's year two, and you excelled in year one. Um, it was a question with Kim Mulkey this year of like, a, oh, you overachieved in year one. How's year two gonna look? And they've responded by scoring a record amount of points. Uh, so I mean, I guess it worked out for them. That's what uh, we're so hoping yeah. for next year. We're gonna get the seven fifty. We're gonna pass up the twenty nineteen team, right? Uh, they're going to yep, pass yep, up yep, their yep. 700 plus points that they put up, which is currently still a college football playoff record or college football record. I'm pretty sure. So, I assume it probably will be. For yeah. a little well, bit. 2020 Alabama came close. I mean, those guys. Were, I mean, they, that, that is true. <laughs> that is true. They had a couple <laughs> more true. games to put together some more <laughs> stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, we're getting off topic. So we'll, uh, we'll get out of here guys. Um, we'll have some more pods later. 
uh, next week as we start to learn maybe what some of the offseason looks like for LSU, what portal moves we can expect. Uh, we'll get with Sonny. Maybe Sonny will join us uh, for next week. And and, uh, and uh, stick – I mean, be sure to – you know, this is a lot of people whenever a lot of people are going to check out. Stick around. We're going to have uh, plenty of sports coverage, you know, men's and women's basketball, women's basketball prepping for, you know, a deep run this season, in my opinion. I think they're going to be really good. So uh, watch as those seasons, as football season ends, those seasons really begin in terms of the meat of the schedule kind of starts soon. So that'll be really exciting. And then baseball, ba- so talk about expectations. Baseball, a lot of people think it's it's <laughs> championship or bust. So we'll be talking about all that over the next couple of weeks. So yeah, stick around, subscribe. Tell your friends. I wish you ain't going nowhere. Nope. They sure aren't. We're they're not going anywhere. They're not backing down, as a <laughs> former coach used to say. All right, guys. <laughs> uh stay tuned. We'll be back soon. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.